You must have heard of them. When a sensational crime happens, they are among the first to condemn and launch an investigation. They are among the first on the ground. For crime reporters, they are valuable sources for probing police abuse. As mandated by the Constitution, they stand as a watchdog of the Philippine government's respect for human rights. At the same time, they are one of the most despised institutions by President Rodrigo Duterte. They are the Commission on Human Rights. Hello, I'm Rambo Talabo. This is Rappler's Crime Podcast, Criminal. In this podcast, we revisit crime stories that are significant in understanding Philippine politics and society. This is our 19th episode, where we will talk about the Commission on Human Rights, or CHR. For this episode, I interview CHR Commissioner Karen Gomez Dumpit to ask her, what is the CHR and how does it work? What does the CHR do exactly? What does the Commission on Human Rights do? Well, of course, no. Well, basically, what is CHR? CHR is generically called a national human rights institution. It's a, it's a fairly new, um, let's say, it's a fairly new um, type of government institution. And when I say government, I mean the state. It's a state institution. It's a state-funded, but it basically has the role of being a monitor, a being a go-between between government and civil society and vice versa. If uh, ever there's a metaphor that I can use for that, uh, the commission is actually like a bridge that leads civil society to government and government back to civil society. And um, uh, if you take a look at the constitution, of course, the 1987 constitution uh, is known to be a human rights constitution, having devoted a special article on uh, human rights and social justice. And that's where you find uh, the, uh, well, the creation of an independent commission on human rights. So basically, uh, we arose out of the dark days of martial law. Um, you can fairly say that we are um, an institution that also guarantees uh, uh, effective remedies because it, it's an institution of, uh, shall we say, remedy. Um, and the commission is a sort of a representation of that call never again to martial law. And that's the reason why we're here. Mm-hmm. And uh, concretely, ma'am, what does being a bridge for human rights for the people for civil society mean? Um, are you are you supposed to be uh, people rep- representing people in court? What, what what is the role of the CHR in the in the scheme of the government in the justice system of the Philippines in order to fight for human rights, especially in this context wherein there is a lot of human rights abuses, a lot of allegations of human rights abuses? What does that look like today? Okay, um, uh, when you take a look at what CHR does, of course, we can always refer to the Constitution. No? It's, it's an investigative body. Uh, it's also a, uh, an educational uh, arm uh, when it comes to fostering respect for human rights and building a culture of human rights in the country. Uh, we also have a role in, um, in visiting or visitation powers over detention facilities. And we are an advisor. Being a watchdog, we are an advisor also on uh, 
on issues of uh, concern about human rights. So when we talk about that, it's uh, we call it the four Ps, no? Uh, and four Ps stand for uh, human rights protection. That's where our uh, uh, investigatory mandate uh, lies. We do have human rights promotion, which is uh, education, training, advocacy um, uh, on human rights. We do have our preventive or preventative uh, uh, mandate, which is really uh, visitorial powers over jails and detention facilities. And we do have uh, prevention measures such as, uh, right now it's a new innovation. No? Uh, maybe we can discuss that in a little bit. Um, it's about uh, 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 preventive or preemptive investigations. Mamaya siguro tingnan natin yan. And of course, we have policy. And that's where you um, you hear us uh, issuing statements. Uh, we give advisories. We do policy briefs. Um, and uh, from the policy advisory, that's where we find our uh, uh, function to relate with Congress when we do um, have and uh, put forward a human rights agenda for uh, legislation and give our recommendations on how uh, how a piece of legislation, let's say, should be able to promote and protect human rights. Mm. Parang ang dami nitong gawain, protect, um, prevent, promote, and then policy. Um, can you give us an idea? Gano'ng kalaki ang CHR and paano yung nadidistribute na in your work workforce para dito? Okay. Um, uh, uh, the CHR, siguro, if you take a look at warm bodies, it's about 700. Uh, 700 mm -hmm. staff. And then we are located, of course, at the National Capital Region. That's our central office. But we do have uh, regional offices. They are a very small, uh, in, in, siguro in, uh, shall we say, categorizing um, regional offices uh, compared to other government, national government agencies, we're considered a very small regional office comprising of about 30, 30 staff in every region except uh, uh, BARM because uh, we don't have, uh, we were never really given resources for BARM. And um, uh, of course, our Department of Budget was saying, oh, but the regional uh, human rights office is there anyway. But uh, we do coordinate with them. And uh, we do divide our uh, concerns um, with BARM uh, among uh, the nearby regional offices. So we're present in all regions. So about 30 in, in the regions. Now, if you take a look at the kind of personnel that we have, of course, we have administrative um, um, uh, personnel. No? Uh, and uh, we have the technical ones. The technical ones, um, uh, for lack of a better term, is uh, are the ones that are involved in investigation. So we do have investigation uh, officers or uh, special investigators are what we call them. We have lawyers about perhaps maybe um, a little less than a third of our um, uh, positions uh, in, uh, in the technical level is actually, uh, they are actually lawyers. And then uh, special investigators, we have information officers, we have um, um, uh, training officers. So basically uh, that comprises the, uh, uh, the makeup of a uh, Commission on Human Rights no? in, in, 
uh, the regional office. Uh, and they're actually headed by uh, attorneys, uh, lawyers. So all regional offices are headed by lawyers. Uh, we've been trying to change the uh, or improve our uh, man force, no? our workforce rather. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, we've been trying to improve our workforce and uh, we've been trying to say that we need to mirror, we need to be at par with other national agencies where you have uh, this level of, uh, of uh, officers. So a lot of aspects for the CHR, a lot of rights that you're fighting for, ma'am. Um, Commissioner, paano po nagsimula ang CHR? What is your origin story? Well, the origin can be uh, brought to, you know, um, uh, rewind natin to the 1987 Constitution. No? Um, uh, and uh, I, I recall the sponsorship speech of uh, Commissioner Sarmiento, um, uh, who used to be, incidentally, the EA of the first chairperson of the Commission on Human Rights. So um, uh, that's the chairperson, Mary Con Bautista. And uh, Commissioner René Sarmiento was one of the framers of the Constitution, and he did sponsor uh, the creation of a Human Rights Commission and even said that it is a timely innovation in our Constitution. Uh, so that, uh, um, you know, he was saying that 15 years of abuses uh, of fundamental rights and freedoms have awakened us, and I'm quoting him here, huh? sa constitutional mm. deliberations, have awakened us to the need for a comprehensive program for the protection, promotion, and respect for human rights. So um, uh, at the time, this, this introduction of a national human rights institution is fairly new. Napakabago niyang time na yan. Ano? And um, uh, yeah, so, so that, that's really the origin of it. If we take a look back at, uh, at uh, the backstory of the commission, it really did not really start uh, with the constitution and the deliberations because it only formalized the need for such an institution. And as we said, uh, perhaps the origin story, uh, the hope that I can uh, think of is never again. And one of the institutions that uh, uh, could guarantee never again to the dark days of martial law is uh, the uh, creation of an independent commission on human rights. It's rooted in martial law abuses so that the human rights abuses then would never happen again today. And uh, on the ground, ma'am, I, I keep on asking this, what does it look like for our investigators? Um, what are their days like? I understand na marami talaga aspeto ng human rights ang pinaglalaban na CHR, meta for environment, for IPs, for many rights that you are fighting for. But um, could you give us a generic understanding of the day-to-day -day of human rights investigators of the CHR? Mm. Well, basically, no, ang, ang, well, initial nyan is that uh, the day of uh, an investigator usually begins by conducting investigations. No? Uh, obvious, through field investigations or other means, can be a desk review first, they can evaluate a complaint um, on, uh, on an alleged human rights violation case. Now, when they do that, siyempre titingnan din natin, no? Um, and this is one of the things that uh, we want the public always to know, that um, we're not really an agency of first response because we're not found in a community. If uh, you take a look at uh, 
uh, crimes or uh, human rights violations, alleged human rights violations that happen, syempre in the community, where do you go first? You go to your barangay, you go to mm -hmm. your police, etc. So when do we come in? We do come in when they need help in uh, accessing the mechanisms on the ground for them to be able to pursue their complaints. Uh, we come in when we evaluate and see that uh, the alleged perpetrator is a state actor. But that doesn't mean that we don't act if it's a non-state actor because uh, we do believe in the broader view that human rights violations can be committed by any person. But the reason why we are focusing on state institutions is because of the role uh, of the duty bearer, that, that role of the duty bearer na. Um, uh, when it comes to the state. No? Uh, and of course, any state actor will be held at a higher um, uh, kumbaga, uh, standard. standard. Yes, at a higher standard than an ordinary person or uh, a, regular, no, a regular person. Um, it's interesting, Commissioner. It's really interesting for me that you're mentioning that you're not supposed to be the first responders. But um, when I was reporting on the ground for the war on drugs on... You know, communities, um, one of the first responders always is really the CHR, like investigators are regularly visiting families, they are hearing their stories. So um, is there a pivot? Is there a change under the Duterte administration? Kaya parang nagiging first responders ang CHR investigators? Well, yes, uh, I can I can discuss that. Pero um, hindi pa tapos yung ating ano, what does an investigator do? And marami yan mm. eh. Hindi lang ano, mm. no? so I'll finish that. Um, uh, yeah. finish that uh, particular question first. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, we become uh, uh, an investigator could be a desk officer that will take in all these complaints, no? but he can also um, uh, uh, provide assistance on complaints which don't involve human rights uh, violations. No? Mm -hmm. And some people, as I've said earlier, they just need somebody to help them. Samahan sila. Kasi hindi nila alam kung paano gagawin, no? Um, uh, uh, and uh, that that that's our referral system, no? That we refer our clients um, um, and deliver their concerns to the proper forum. Uh, in this case, appropriate agencies. Uh, pwede ding iba, ano? Um, minsan nga pag naputulan ng uh, kuryente sa samahan namin yan, o di kaya um, uh, uh, you know ihahatid namin dun sa dun sa tamang um, ahensya, no? Um, and then, uh, investigators also conduct mediation, conciliation, dialogue between parties. Minsan, you know, minsan they just want uh, um, a neutral, uh, a neutral uh, party to be able to, you know, thresh out the issues between uh, conflicting um, uh, concerns uh, mm -hmm. that has been brought out by uh, a complainant. Um, so yon. So uh, they do quick reaction operations as well, and that's where Siguro Rambo, that's where you see us. Because right now the demand for quick reaction, or shall I say, quick response, is the better term. Um, uh, uh, that's why we're there on the ground, um, um, and uh, not be passive. Because ang ang design naman din talaga ng commission is to be able to respond whenever it can. And the fact is that um. You know, the less we are needed, um, I think is as uh, it's a signal that things are working on the ground. 
but if we are always um called upon then that that just shows na merong diferensya rin sa sa what's happening on the ground no um jail visitation as i said already uh, our investigators do conduct jail visitation and then um uh, they're and all commissioner Ooh, bakit yeah. mahalaga ma'am na bakit mahalaga bumibisita ma'am um, I guess I, what, what I'm trying to get at here is to uh, can you make our listeners understand why there are human rights abuses inside jails anong meron sa setting na yun na susceptible lang human rights violations Well of course no ganito yan um, uh, when you take a look at and and this one is uh, probably I should have said this first no our investigators are not police they're not criminal investigators We are human rights investigators. And what do we mean by this? When we talk about human rights, we talk about obligations uh, primarily by uh, state actors. No? At pag hindi yun nasusunod, doon nagkakaroon ng problema. So when you ask us, eh, uh, do you investigate crimes? To a certain extent, yes. But what we do investigate are the human rights dimensions involved in, um, in a certain crime or in the commission of a In this case, when we do human rights investigation, we use the human rights lens in taking a look at a situation. Uh, so when you look at the uh, investigation in a human rights lens, what you are looking at are obligations of state actors. Nagawa ba nila, nagampanan ba nila yung trabaho nila? Have they thoroughly um, investigated, let's say, a situation or a uh, crime that has happened? Did they promptly do this? Did they um uh, did they um uh, do this in such a way na hindi it won't cast doubts as to the investigation? So we take a look at that kind of uh, those dimensions, and when you uh, take a look at a situation and investigate that using the human rights lens, the first thing that comes to mind in a situation, as you've said earlier about uh, jail visitation. It's about power relations, diba? Uh, when you investigate a, uh, a situation using the human rights-based lens, you own, the first thing that you have to do is take a look at sino ba dito yung may hawak ng katungkulan? Sino ba dito yung may hawak ng karapatan? Uh, I'm not saying that uh, government people or state actors do not have rights, but in cases where you do have to perform your duty, then that is uh, you are called a duty bearer uh, and you are called to perform your obligations towards a uh, particular situation. So when Kung baga ma'am, ano, kasi may sila yung makapangyarihan sa institusyon, marami silang utang na dapat magampanan para sa karapatan ng mga taong nasa inalim nila. Correct. Uh, kasi ang ano naman yan, pag hawak mo yung obligasyon, kailangan ipatupad mo ito. Pero higit pa doon, kahit na in-identify mo na, eh sino ba dapat ang, uh, ang magkaroon ng katungkulan dito para ipatupad itong, um, uh, itong um, let's say, yung karapatan ng isang tao, kunyari. Um, in a situation uh, like that, you have to take a look at power relations. And you've said it already, eh. um, uh, not only identifying who is the one who is supposed to um, uh, fulfill the obligation, and who is the one who uh, has the right to be able to uh, enjoy that particular right. No? Um, it's not only that. It's the power relation. So we do in investigate. We do visit jails. Um, uh, take a look at their situation there. Kasi you are in a situation where everything 
is uh, actually um, you're beholden to the custodian, di ba? Yes. Look at our situation right now in COVID. Madalas ko itong sabihin eh, lalo na nung umpisa, nung nag-lockdown. And um, uh, restriction has been um, uh, severely, uh, you know, our, our, our movement has been severely restricted. I was telling uh, our indifferent fora, I was telling them, now you know how being deprived of liberty feels like. Kasi even going out, um, sabi nga nila eh, if you're over 60 at that time, hindi ka pwedeng lumabas. And that's a singular criterion which we oppose, obviously. Kasi we needed to show, of course, that uh, you know, um, uh, people older than 60 need to go out because they need to earn a living. That's one. They need to do essential activities, etc. So um, when, you, when you do that, using the example of jails um, and visiting uh, persons deprived of liberty, you will see that you need to take a look at the conditions there because beholden eh, wala, you're hostage to that situation. Pag hindi ka pinakain, o di kaya pag may sakit ka, hindi ka dinala sa hospital at ikaw ay namatay, that's an obligation of the custodian uh, to ensure that you are given, you are provided the means, the, the all the needs that you need, all the... Um, uh, um, services that you need in order to live as a human being. You don't shed your uh, humanity if you go to jail, right? So, yun ang things na uh, we're, we're trying to do. Na dapat humane ang treatment. Dapat according to standards ang treatment. Um, uh, and if ever there are complaints, we are there to ensure that they are safe if they complain. And then we do investigate or we conduct our um, uh, dialogues with custodians. And in the case of uh, jail visitation uh, or uh, um, visitation of detention places, no? uh, that's our role. Uh, madalas ko sabihin in the extreme din eh, um, uh, or in the negative. Sabi ko, pag ikaw nakulong ka, ibig ba sabihin, no, ah, wag na lang natin pakainin. Diba? O kung ano na lang ang pakainin natin sa kanila o di kaya... Um, uh, if there are religious um, uh, customs that need to be followed, like let's say for Muslims, will you feed them pork? You cannot do that. That's an obligation. So we need to see that all these are in place. There are standards for that, um, uh, uh, including yung, uh, basic needs for survival must be met in that way. Any other thing about what investigators do, ma'am, before I go on to my next question? Um, uh, well, basically, that's it. No? What, what has actually changed is our response time. Uh, what has changed also is the way uh, we conduct our investigations for the most part. And uh, one of the things that changed, going back to your earlier question no, about what has changed in, at this time during this administration, is um, I think there's a greater reliance on the commission's investigation by civil society organizations, by human rights defenders, uh, because of the culture of uh, uh, violence that has happened. Uh, and that's, that has been enabled, the red tagging, um, and uh, the many incidences of alleged harassment, the killings of human rights defenders, um, uh, the, the uh, raids in offices, Tapos um, uh, the allegation that uh, evid evidence was planted, etc. So one of the innovations uh, I think that 
uh, we've seen one of the changes is actually yung tinatawag na preemptive investigations. And I think you've covered some of them. No? Um, uh, one of the things that I vividly remember is that Pine Facebook Live, um, a CHR is now being invited. Please conduct a, a preemptive investigation um, here in, in this office. Uh, at that time, it was Ibon, um, mm -hmm. Ibon Foundation. And they said, because uh, we heard that uh, the security sector, uh, particularly the police, will be, um, will be raiding, uh, in quotes, mm. raiding, investigating our offices. And we want to... Um, uh, we want to do a preemptive investigation. We'd like you to do one because we want to show people that we don't we don't keep our arms here, we don't keep grenades here or bombs here, etc. Um, so Facebook Live nila yon. So that's that's I think that's one of the uh, the big big changes that we've had to uh, respond to. So even before the alleged human rights violation is committed, you're already given a heads up or in this case, para tinitimbrahan kayo bago pala mangyari yung alleged human rights violation. So even before dapat nandun na kayo, kayo there's, a, there's a shift in timing. It's not after the fact. Yes. You're anticipating it from happening. Yes, yes. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's annoying. I have to say that this innovation was really, was really created by uh, and developed by our civil society partners, no? our human rights defenders. Um, and uh, I can fairly say that 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 could be a good practice that will be that that's cited because it's a preventative measure, and, and that's what's good about it. No, not not um, yeah, it's a prevention measure. Really. And it's interesting, Commissioner, because I mean it's a good innovation, but then the fact that there's a need for this is also a bad sign for how much. Um, human rights violations is, um, you know, abound. How human rights violations abound in our country. Kasi kailangan pang abangan ng mga human rights investigators itong mga bagay na mangyaring ito. Yes, um, uh, it has come to that point. Um, and we're here. <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, that's the sad reality that we are in. No? Um, uh, and uh, this is something that we really have to... Uh, it's it's really it's really a culture of fear. Um, even our human rights defenders are uh, are feeling the pressure uh, because they are being demonized. Human rights is being given a bad name, um, and uh, and the machinery, the the whole apparatus of government is uh, actually being used to ensure that uh, that uh, you know legitimate dissenters are are actually for lack of a better word, uh, attacked. In their perspective, they are attacked. In our observation, uh, to a certain extent, to a large extent, they are attacked because they are uh, giving the other view. They are dissenting, even if it's a legitimate dissent, no? uh, which is really very important in our democracy. We need to have that. No? Um, I always often say this nga eh, uh, one of the observations, of course, that we have uh, said of this administration is that, uh, you know, this administration did not create impunity in the country. Uh, what happened is that uh, right now there is acute impunity because of this environment, this 
disabling environment for human rights to thrive, particularly freedom of expression, opinion, yan, freedom of the press, di ba? Um, uh, so, so yun ang nangyari. Uh, it has become acute because also of the accompanying harmful rhetoric that has been uh, you know, put out there by the highest officials of this uh, administration. And we've said this before, and uh, it still remains true to this day. You're listening to the 19th episode of Criminal, Rappler's Crime Podcast. How is it so far? If you want to listen to other cool and informative audio, check out other Rappler podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. This crime podcast wouldn't have been possible without your support. If you haven't yet, support Rappler by joining our community called Rappler Plus. Rappler Plus believes in speaking truth to power, using technology for the greater good, to power communities to action. Go to rappler.com plus for more details. Commissioner, you mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier, how the CHR is severely attacked under this administration. And you mentioned that it has come to a point that um, even you are you um, facing scrutiny, facing um, pressure. And you, as you mentioned earlier, you guys are challenging power. You're challenging people who hold so much resources to mobilize what you said is a machinery to attack. Um, could you give us an idea of what kinds of threats you are facing in the CHR? What's it like? Well, um, uh, the threats, maybe uh, before the threats, maybe we can say barriers uh, to our work. Uh, whereas before, and as you know, um, being, being part of uh, an office in the commission called Government Linkages Office, which has now been transformed into what we call now the policy office. Um, um, I've never met an administration and I've had maybe four or five administrations working with the Commission on Human Rights in a span of what, uh, 28 almost years. I've never met uh, an administration with this high a level of non-cooperation, but it's not even non-cooperation. It's also a, um, uh, an administration that has actually focused its attention on us. Um, uh, I remember hearing the uh, president's first first um, state of the nation address, but even before that, uh, in his inaugural speech, President Duterte actually mentioned um, uh, uh, human rights and uh, the commission, if I am not mistaken, or if I recall that correctly. Never, never have we been part of, uh, of uh, that kind of focus. Um, in a way, it has elevated our presence, but in another way, of course, the vitriol, the uh, the uh, ridicule, the demonization is really something else, uh, and it's really an attack against the institution and also an attack against uh, uh, different personalities in the commission, especially the chair, no? especially chair. Mm -hmm. And now I find myself um, uh, being attacked as well. Um, uh, first time being red tagged ever in my 27 mm -hmm. years in the commission. And um, I'm just shocked uh, because uh, I've just been doing my, my uh, job. I've been doing it in formal, uh, formal fora 
uh, formal platforms at that, Human Rights Council, the Senate, those are the two, um, um, two uh, platforms where I actually spoke on human rights violations, on our observations, and yet I get attacked, not, not in a way that, you know, sanay ako eh, sanay kami sa commission na um, uh, hindi naman sa, ano, no, sanay kami na kontrahin kami. Um, ng administration and even the public. Sanay kami dun eh. Sanay kami sa uh, contrary views. Um, we are actually used to contrarian views. And we don't mind that because that is necessary uh, if you want to have a healthy debate or a healthy discussion about human rights issues in Philippine society. But what I am so shocked with is the fact that you attack the person itself. Sasabihin mo na, let's say, um, uh, uh, yan si Gascon, um, uh, bakla naman yan eh. O di kaya uh, sasabihin na, um, you know, it's, it's the insults. And that's where it is wrong because it's coming from a, uh, a state actor. It's coming from, uh, uh, you know, uh, public official. Uh, ethics na lang eh. Tingnan na lang natin sa ethics. Hindi na tama eh. Diba? Hindi na tama. And then, you get attacked also by being red tag. And that's something that's really very disturbing because if you are red tag, take a look at all the human rights defenders who have prior to their being killed have been systematically constantly red tag. So it's it's also scary, diba? Although nung pinag-uusapan nga namin to in uh, in uh, uh, human the human rights community, they were saying uh, Pero swerte yung mga may national uh, stature. Swerte rin yung nasa gobyerno, I mean, uh, in, in the Commission on Human Rights, pertaining to the Commission on Human Rights. Kasi kahit papano, may visibility kayo. Pero papaano yung mga human rights defenders na nasa community, nasa grassroots? Paano yung mga uh, farmers who are just actually trying to protect the land that they're tilling? Uh, how about those who are actually opposed to um, uh, mining operations because they're uh, actually affecting the environment. Yung mga ganun, paano yung mga nameless, paano yung mga nandun sa ground? Yun ang, yun ang magiging problema dun eh. And that's why, that's why it's really, it's dangerous times. That's, that's what I can say. And Commissioner, I, I also want to ask you, have you had discussions within you know, the, the commission or within the officials of the CHR. Why do you think you are despised so much by President Duterte and those of people in power? Um, you know, maybe what we can do is uh, probably trace it to our former chairperson, Chairperson Laila De Lima, uh, who dared investigate the Davao killings uh, at the time and did come up with an inquiry um, uh, about it. And uh, I think that started it all. Uh, the CHR led by uh, Laila De Lima was the first institution to actually uh, have the, a contrarian view about the ways, uh, uh, the ways uh, of, uh, of then Mayor Duterte at that time. I think it started there. Um, because if you take a look at the background naman of the president, he did help martial law victims at that time. 
um, you know, all these things. But then, he also had this um, uh, Dirty Harry uh, persona, di ba? Na ano siya, yung strong arm governance ang, ang kanyang role. And then, um, all these allegations about uh, uh, killings, including street children at the time, sabi nila. No? Uh, all these things. No? So, I, I guess it started it started there um, but but i think it's also his brand of governance yung strong strong arm governance is uh, is actually his uh, his style so and uh, strong arm governance does not actually um, fit squarely with a human rights based approach to good governance it it does not fit squarely with that of course hindi naman natin sinasabi na um, you know a uh, a focus on um, on uh, what you call uh, ano man tawag doon uh, peace and order is not is not necessary no? or uh, should be uh, put aside of course that's important uh, pero we need to approach situations like uh, like you know like COVID for instance hindi yan hindi yan nagagamot sa ano lang eh, sa uh, pagtugon lang dun sa pag-comply sa health protocols. Eh yan din, kailangan din ng science dyan, kailangan din ng um, uh, uh, right to health as a front and center approach. So it's not always about uh, about uh, strong arm governance. And Commissioner, um, nandito din tayo sa discussion on how human rights, the perception of human rights change under, under President Duterte. Um, why do you think human rights is sidelined as an issue in the Philippines? And even Filipinos don't have a clear understanding of what human rights is. Kung ano ba talaga siya, karapatapatao, kung binabanggit siya on the ground, talito pa ang mga tao, kailangan pang illustrate. Is this a problem of understanding? Uh, communication ba ito? Nabanggit ko rin kanina, Commissioner, na mahalaga sa inyo yung promotion of human rights so, so that Filipinos understand it. Um, what do you think is the problem here? Well, if it's between understanding and communication, I would say it's both. No? Uh, one of the things that happened during the first six months siguro, of this administration is that, wow, we were all floored at the, at the change in direction of how human rights is actually appreciated. Because it's been demonized. There has been uh, uh, you know, misinformation, disinformation, um, uh, and fake news about human rights. No? There's also uh, the, uh, the approach that, oh, but human rights are only for the law-abiding citizens. And I'm, I'm actually just preserving human rights for this lot and not the criminals. So there's the reason for that is both, um, uh, you know, when you mar the understanding of uh, the public about human rights, you give it a bad name. You other, othering, uh, uh, not only human rights defenders, but othering so-called criminals. And I'm putting that in quotes kasi pag tinignan naman natin, di ba, uh, at the end of the day, if you are accused, you have to go through the uh, justice process to be able to say that uh, you've been convicted and perhaps that's the only way you can say that uh, this person committed a crime, he is guilty, therefore he's a criminal. But even if you say that he is a criminal, 
and even if you jail him, you cannot deprive him of basic rights that will um, um, that uh, that will preserve his humanity, that will uphold his dignity. Katulad nga sinabi ko kanina, di ba? Kahit na yan, nag-commit ng crime at uh, uh, binigyan ng um, uh, penalty na makukulong siya, hindi mo naman pwedeng sabihin, okay, uh, criminal ka, nakakulong ka, wag ka na namin pakainin. O di kaya, uh, uh, we'll give you rotten food. Para, ano, hindi pwede yon because there are basic requirements of humanity of dignity that you cannot deprive any person any person hindi namimili yan hindi yan namimili kung masama ka o uh, mabuti kang tao kung maganda ka o pangit ka kung lalaki ka babae ka o di kaya LGBT ka hindi namimili kaya nga human rights eh di ba so there are certain demands there are certain standards you cannot Uh, take that away from uh, uh, a person. You cannot do that. So, yun. And aside from that, uh, Commissioner, Diyan, meron talagang pag-ataka sa rhetoric on um, human rights. Talagang binabaliktad, sinasabi na us against them, itong mga tao, hindi ka dapat-dapat kuno, sabi ni Pakulong Duterte na bigyan ng karapatan, na hindi dapat bigyan ng karapatan, dapat ay patay na lang daw, ikulong ng walang maayos na dahilan. Kahit na suspects pa lang sila, hindi sila convicted criminals. But at the same time, alam ko na overwhelmed the case, sa dami ng patayang nangyari under this administration. Could you just confirm that and illustrate for us gano'ng kalala ito? Um, gano'ng karaming patay, tumas pa talaga? At how has it affected your workload in the CHR? I, I don't have the figures with me, but I can certainly tell you that the rise in uh, killings have actually been... Uh, it exponentially rose, siguro. I, I can say that. Napakarami ng violations on the right to life. No? Um, uh, although, kahit tingnan mo naman din even in the past, uh, it, it usually um, ranks higher than, than most uh, human rights violations uh, uh, investigations that we have had. No? Um, but, but I think what has actually changed is the way Uh, these complaints enter our our um, consciousness, kumbaga, uh, and uh, how it prompts us to act. Uh, I, I've said this before, maybe it was in an interview with you or uh, perhaps with Jodes or Lian. Um, about more than 90%, no? at the time when I last looked, it was about 95%. Most of the Uh, alleged EJ case are actually uh, motoproprio cases. Motoproprio meaning we did it on our own. We saw it on media. We saw it in the news. Um, uh, we investigated. We responded. Kasi wala halos lumalapit. Kasi takot ang tao. And uh, that is an indication that could be an indication that people are really afraid. That's, that's the ano there. People are really afraid. But just going back to that um, um, question about uh, understanding versus communication, uh, we have to also say this, that we have to, our reflection, our pause, when we were floored about the, you know, the demonization, the, the tidal wave of misinformation um, uh, about human rights and about uh, the Commission on Human Rights, about human rights defenders, 
we did have to you know examine ourselves where did we where did we go wrong um uh, and uh, i've often said this no that it's not enough that you do good things it's not enough that you do the right thing diba may mga moral ano yan eh diba psychic reward yan we do the right thing uh, but if you don't do it the right way if you don't deliver the message the right way then there is a problem there and that's a problem of communication as well um because uh syempre you cannot naman uh, also alienate government as i've said kanina no the best metaphor is uh, perhaps a bridge no and uh, when you talk about the commission as a bridge you always have to open the door on both sides no para kumbaga ano yan eh magkaharap yan uh, civil society you're always open to them but you're also you also have to always open your doors with government even if they cast up aspersions against you even if they demonize you even if they insult you the role of the commission is still a go between and we cannot shut our doors to government even if they are that way because that's our role and and that's where our obligations come in so um so that that has created that kind of uh uh climate no for for human rights for the human rights community na palaging yun sinasabi na in fact uh, the earlier versions of our um our uh, demonization was uh, there are memes uh, that would show na may may logo yung CHR pero may blood spatter there with a message abolish CHR now o di kaya um, uh, and that that was actually coming from when the president said i want to abolish chr tapos nung sinabi na uh, hindi pwede kasi nga or constitutionally entrenched thank uh, uh, thank thank our uh, constitutional framework uh, framers for that no na we cannot just be wished away like that uh, so hindi pwede so what happened next was that the uh, allies of uh, our uh, our president actually came up with uh, a strategy to defund the commission naman in the lower yes. house that actually backfired kasi uh, ano siya um, uh, uh, sabi nga namin eh even the chair was saying let's not think that this is because we do a superb job uh, let's let's think of it as um, um as uh, the public wanting a commission on human rights to really work hard to ensure that human rights are respected and promoted something like that no um uh, meron ding um, uh, efforts about uh, ito ano din to yung nasaan ang CHR nasaan kayo pag may nare-rape so yun yung sinasabi mo rin na ano yung dividing the community di ba na uh, wala naman kayo eh inutil naman kayo eh bakit wala kayo nung na-rape tong batang to o di kaya pinatay yung isang call center agent na naglalakad sa gabi kasi nga gabi-gabi na etc where are you nasaan ang CHR wow talaga nung nung una talagang paano ba natin to gagawin so it's it's uh, we did invest in communications we did um, um revive our um public information transposed it into a strategic communications office uh, which i failed to mention earlier on no? Um, uh, in in terms of or did I say it in our promotion cluster? We did that, 
and then of course the new platform for uh, the new media is there no social media uh, is there we engaged in that uh, we improved our website etc etc so so yon so uh, that one uh, ang mga version na nasa anal CHR o di kaya criminal uh, um, CHR is spelled as uh, as in um, uh, ano bang tawag doon uh, uh, a criminal is spelled as C H R I M I N A L. So parang mm. sa toddlers of criminals, mga ganyan. So mm. how do you now tell the public, hindi ito ganito, we cannot, uh, um, um, uh, how do we now become uh, effective communicators of human rights? And that realization really came to us really na parang, uh, at the beginning, while we were so uh, low morale, super low morale, uh, we were floored. It's as if a rug was pulled from under us. Kasi uh, the communications apparatus of government is so enormous that how can uh, David fight Goliath? Parang ganun. So, um, uh, but of course, what we did was we spoke truth to power. Uh, what else can we do? We need to push back. We need to, um, uh, uh, you know, we need to um, um, correct the misinformation, the disinformation. We need to call out the fake news about CHR, and we need to re we needed to recapture that narrative. So that narrative of nasa ng CHR became a hashtag for us. Became a a, a line for um communicating what have we done and uh, as as mm -hmm. you were saying earlier on eh, even before a violation is to happen iniimbita na kami for preemptive uh, uh, investigations no um, uh, and while we said that we are not an agency of first resort we are there on the ground when there are killings so we can ensure that the public that we are here we are responding to your call to the best of our abilities, even with very little resources. Mind you, ha, we are only second to the last kumbaga, um, um, uh, in terms of budget allocation. At least this held through last year uh, and even, I believe, the previous years. Um, you can fact check me on this. The, the one that has uh, the smallest budget is the Office of the Vice President. Pumapangalawa lang kami doon. And we are, of course, a national agency then, as opposed to the perhaps the enormous uh, resources that are being provided to, let's say, the national task force. It's not a national agency. It's a national task force to end local armed conflict in the country. Yung NTFL has, uh, I, I think it's about to the tune of uh, 20 billion, whereas the Commission on Human Rights budget is only less than a billion. So... Uh, I, I think it's around 800 million, something to mm -hmm. that uh, level. No? With all of this mentioned, Commissioner, bakit mahalaga ipagtanggol ang karapatang pantao? Why is it important what we fight for human rights, Commissioner? It's for us. It's to keep our humanity intact. Diba? Uh, it's for our dignity. Kasi pag hindi tayo nakipaglaban, if we don't push back, democracy will slide into darkness again. And that's what we don't want. It's dimming already, as you can see, no? especially for those 
who have been victimized in the drug war, for instance. They're already in the dark. They're, they're helpless. Uh, we've uh, we've uh, reached out to the families, uh, the victims of EJKs. So it's already happening. Eh? And it has moved from uh, uh, the drug addicts. Uh, it has moved from there. Uh, Tokhang as a template has moved into the red tagging um, uh, to, to communists. I'm putting it in quotes. Um, it has moved from from that eh, already. And then, um, of course, the attacks on uh, human rights defenders, not only human rights activists, no? um, uh, you have the attacks on lawyers. Uh, in fact, there was an uproar, an outcry already, and at least we've seen uh, the Supreme Court issue a, uh, a um, collegial unanimous statement on uh, the killings no? as a cause for concern. Um, uh, so it's creeping into many, many groups already. If we don't act now, here and now, when it comes to us, pagdating sa atin, who will speak out for us? Commissioner, as a parting question also for our listeners, what would you tell to people who want to help fight for human rights but do not know where to begin? Begin where you are. Begin where you are. You're on Facebook. Do it there. Um, uh, uh, you're within the family, do it there as well. You know, the first thing that uh, that really siguro will spark and ignite your fight for human rights is you have to practice or you have to exercise your freedom of expression. But then freedom of opinion, yes. But uh, as you know, these freedoms are not absolute. They come with responsibility. So the delivery should be really something that you uh, you actually have to mind. No? Uh, because uh, if you engage in catfights uh, over social media, will that, really, will that really help? Will that really help uh, deliver your message? So um, uh, also uh, maybe just uh, trying, to, trying to be brave where you are, I think is the best advice that I can give. No? And... Uh, uh, keep in mind that success is not had overnight. No, it's it's all about ensuring that uh, uh, you always practice what you preach. You're always consistent, um, and uh, you know you lead by example wherever you are. That's that that's I think the most important thing. No, um, uh, and uh, we have to talk about human rights as if. It's always us. We put ourselves always in the shoes of the other. And that's the kind of uh, perhaps uh, uh, concept of the other that we want. It's not othering as in demonizing. It's actually empathy. Uh, it's actually putting ourselves in the shoes of the other person. No? Um, uh, not, not judging that person whether he is good or bad, but uh, actually... Um, uh, uh, you know, unlocking yung humanity in that person. And, and that's where we start, really. Commissioner Karen Gomez-Dumpit, ma'am, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I hope I was able to make myself clear. And um, uh, ano lang, um, uh, just, just uh, in a way, no, um, uh, 
the way we've coped with uh, this uh, this pandemic is something perhaps uh, the motto that we can share with you is uh, laban lang and uh, let's keep on keeping on let's keep on fighting uh, because at the end of the day it's for our humanity this has been criminal if you'd like to be updated on this and other issues, don't forget to follow Rappler and Newsbreak on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have suggestions about topics we should cover in this podcast, just send me a message. My inbox is open on Twitter at Rambo Reports. I'm Rambo Talabong. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.